This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker episode 112, recorded on the 14th of February, 2019. On today's show, what inspires you to be a better camp pro? We know that the Camp Hacker podcast isn't the most regular of shows, and that's why we recommend that you subscribe to Camp Hacker in whatever podcast app you have on your phone. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you can show your support for the show for as little as $1 a month. For chipping in, you'll get some great rewards too, just like you would with a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com forward slash camphacker. We wanted to say a special thank you to Rebecca Woods, who just joined us as a patron. Welcome, Rebecca. To Rebecca and all the other Camp Mavericks listening out there, thanks for letting your awesome out. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. And before we get to Travis and the gang, just a quick production note. If you're the type of person who listens to the Camp Hacker podcast on the go, we hope that when you get home, you'll check out camphacker.tv forward slash podcast, where you can find the show notes for this episode. For such a tool-heavy episode, we wanted to make sure that we captured all of that in this episode's show notes. So make sure you head over to camphacker.tv forward slash podcast and you can find all the links to the podcast, the books, the tools, and everything else we talked about this episode. Thanks very much and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I'm a summer camp marketing and strategy consultant, and I help camps translate what they do so more families can get this experience for their kids. I'd like to welcome my co-host today. My name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Camp Waro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains, and we focus on creating a positive female environment, both in French and in English. My name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams, which is a summer camp and retreat facility. And we're located in Fingal, Ontario, which is sort of halfway between Detroit and Toronto. And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the chief exploration officer for Ruby Outdoors. Basically, that's just saying I'm self-employed and I work with camps to knock out their to-do list, as well as plan outdoor adventures in Western North Carolina, where I live. Awesome. Thank you all for being here. In particular, thanks to Ruby, who many of you know from our Designing Stuff training course and the Better Be Best Boss Ever Masterclass, and probably even more specifically from her work at Camp Code with Gab and Beth. Ruby, it's great to have you here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's, it's been a while. It's like two jobs ago. I know. I know. <laughs> So it's grateful. I'm so glad that you could find time for us in your business schedule. So Ruby, tell me what, what's your passion work these days when it comes to summer camp in particular? What's the stuff you're most excited to be doing? So I've been about a year into running my own company and, and working with camps. And one of the things that I've found that I, I just really love helping people, like I love it. And so that's something that has fueled me is being able to channel my energies and efforts into lots of programs versus just one. And I've, I've even had a few job offers kind of like come across the table where it's like, oh, that's interesting. No, I'm really passionate about continuing to help lots of camps and just, you know, who better to be able to call and, and get some help from than another camp director. <laughs> so we, we can change the world, I'm pretty sure. So I love just being able to jump in and be that yes person when folks are feeling stressed or don't know what the solution is. And they can be like, no, look, I'll come lifeguard for two hours while you figure out what you're going to do about your waterfront breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Like, let me just. 
pop in there, you don't have to worry about it. And, and when I hear camp directors say, it's just so nice to see you walk in the door because I know everything's going to be okay. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, we're, we're so grateful to have you here, Ruby. That's, it's a, a, a true pleasure. And um, it's nice. Today, we're, we're thinking about a topic at a, a point that is probably, if not the most stressful point of the year, I think we're sort of at like eight tenths of the most stressful part of the year. And that the most stressful part of the year is either now or shortly coming. And sometimes it's hard to remember what, um, why you do what you do, what keeps you going. And so we really wanted to devote this article today to, um, to finding hope, uh, to find the things that help each of our, our co-hosts get through tough times and also just the inspiration to push each other a little bit further and and push ourselves a little bit further not each other i mean of course the network is is the the best part for pushing each other but just pushing ourselves to do a bit better to 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 take a deep breath and and do it again one of the interesting things about being a a long time camp pro is that every year you're doing the same thing over and over again so you have this awesome opportunity to tweak it and get better every year and that's incredibly rare in a job that you you get basically get a fresh start every year and that's exhausting of course but um but important and, and an awesome opportunity and so i i thought we'd spend today thinking about when we're recording this in, on the middle of february um that i want to ask people where do they find their inspiration so i want to ask you about your specific inspirations but i want to think first of all where are the places that you look within camp and without what are the places that you're constantly looking for ideas, things to get you jazzed, et cetera. And it can be all sorts of things, but even, even sort of what you do in your rest time, what do you do for recuperation? And Joe, I wonder if you would start us off. What is the sort of thing, what do you go for inspiration or new ideas? Um, I have no lack of inspiration or new ideas. I, um, we've been doing strengths finder with our staff. And one of the things I've realized is that ideation in the Gallup strengths is one of my top five for sure. And so I'm always that kind of person. And, and lots of, you know, this, um, when you're asking for a brainstorm, you really better be specific about what you're asking for, because I can have a, a brainstorm by myself and people are like, I didn't get a chance to say anything. Well, you said it's a brainstorm. Um, I think my inspiration really comes from doing things outside of camping that can also relate back. Years ago, I, when I was doing some keynote talks, um, I had, and it still comes up occasionally in talks, but I had this um, story where um, this is this will age me. I used to have magazine subscriptions that actually got mailed to my house. And um, for whatever reason, the same, uh, there was a, a time when Rolling Stone magazine would arrive in my mailbox and the same day each month, Discover magazine would arrive in my mailbox, which are two very, very different things. But in my mind, it made sense to read widely. And that's one of my inspirations is just reading widely and not being stuck only on um, camper behaviors or stuck on only summer camp and only going to camp conferences. I find a lot of my, um, my inspiration to do more things comes through, uh, through fiction books. And there's lots of people who don't read Yep. Fiction now, they, they put a lot of value on reading nonfiction because I have to learn something. I have to learn something. And the reality is that um, fiction allows your mind to wander and make connections. And fiction allows 
you to be like, oh, this situation is like this other situation. And even though it's fictional, I still know how I can, I can handle that and strategize for it. And so um, a lot of mine is, is reading online. Um, is, uh, I use Pocket a lot to, to store my um, to store the articles I want to read. I use Feedly as a, uh, a feed and I've, I add things. And, but at the same time, you have to want to remove them as well. Right. And I want to, I want to get back to your tools. Definitely Joe, but let, I just want to think, just get your mindset on that. So thank you for starting us off there. Ruby, what's your, what's your thinking? Where, where are you searching for inspiration and, and sustainability in your career? Um, Sure. I remember so specifically when I first started working in outdoor education and the feeling that I had when I was learning so many new things. Like I started in outdoor education having not taken biology since freshman year of high school, didn't have a lot of ecology or environmental sciences training. And so I was learning all the plants and learning the ecosystem and learning these animals and learning these habits. And I was just like, oh, this is awesome. And so I am totally guilty of the, I always want to be learning something. And if I'm not learning something, I I want to go seek out something to find a new skill to add. Um, I I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, Anybody who has ever spent any time with me has heard me say, you know, uh, so I was listening to this podcast. Uh, I also read Wired Magazine and I still get a physical copy of it. And it's a great blend of pop culture, tech, and um, just kind of what's what's going on, but they also do some hard news stories as well uh, that I think are helpful for keeping in tune with what is going on in the rest of the world. And I think that that, in a lot of ways, is the inspiration for me is is paying attention to the news, paying attention to current events. Um, and you know, right now is, is a tough time with that stuff. And so to then be able to to see what's going on out there and going, oh, the camp can help do this, or oh, this company is innovating in this way. Cool. How does that apply to camp? I feel like that's kind of a default setting for me. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, it, Gab, for you you where's the inspiration come from where are you searching i think um i think in the (laughs) the inspiration it's uh maybe it's not so much in inspiration but i think that um with ruby was talking about current events i think that um you know we understand that what we do at camp has a lasting impact and i think that one of the things i that helps me um, every day is knowing that what I do at camp can make a difference. And so um, it's, I'm looking at, at what other organizations are doing and I'll, I'll be honest, some of my anxiety is my, is what inspires me to, to look at how other, other companies, um, organizations, people that have a platform, how do they use it? How do they use it responsibly? And um, for me, it's it's constantly looking outside of the camp industry. Um, I've mentioned this before, but uh, Jamie Oliver was, you know, you know, multimillionaire, had every line possible in the cooking industry, and um, and he realized that uh, that uh, kids in England weren't eating as well as they could that that uh, obesity was going up, that um, families were, were starving in, in, in malnutrition. Um, and, and he took it upon himself and 
educated himself, how can he help adjust this? And he documented it and he made some mistakes along the way. Um, and he did some great things along the way, but he understood that he had a platform and that he had a responsibility. And for me, those are the type of things that I find um, inspiring. It feels like we're not doing it by ourselves. So how can we uh, learn from those individuals? How can we emulate it? Um, but I follow feeds like uh, on Instagram, you know, um, representation matters um, because of them um, looking at, at how communities lift each other up and understand communities that are not necessarily part of my community, just so I'm better educated. But I, my inspirations really comes from a little bit of an anxiety of we need to do better and how can we, I have a platform at camp, so what can I do and how can I be responsible uh, while implementing some of those changes? Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's an intimidating idea, but I think it's one of the great, um, well, responsibility, obviously, but one of the great opportunities of what we do is that we can have a real effect on people. We can have a, an effect on young adults and we can have an effect on uh, kids as well. We can have a, an effect on families in lots of ways, sending kids back with different ideas. And I think the camp movement, you know, helped spread a lot of environmentalism into the home mm-hmm. in the past and a lot of work on um, quality has, has come out of the camp movement and come into the home from that way. So that's um, pretty great part of our job, yet intimidating. And it's exciting. It's not, and, and I said anxiety, but the, 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 what helps me get through it is that those opportunities and those possibilities and working with my staff and asking them what we want to focus on and, and the buy-in on, on our staff and our campers is so high. But just even teaching people how to be kinder to each other and listen to each other, it just has feels like such an important role that we have and can really have make a difference. And I think for me, that's what's inspiring. That's what's exciting. That the, that, that possibility within our jobs that we can do that um, helps really gets me going in the, in the morning. Awesome. I think part of the other thing is this inspiration it can happen being a more local camp where a lot of our campers are local and their parents are local. I made the specific point just the other day, I needed to get my oil changed and I know I have a previous staff member who manages at like one of the quick oil places in town um, who I fired many years ago, um, but has come back to me since then and said that that was one of the best things that had happened because it it was a kick in the seat of the pants. And his daughter comes to camp and I knew I didn't chat with him for a long time at the oil place, but I just said, Hey, how is Ellison doing now? He doesn't need to know that I had to look up Ellison's name on the way to the oil place. But like that story goes home yeah. and, and is powerful because you're spreading the inspiration not only to him, but to his daughter who thinks, wow, like Joe knew who I was. I think inspiration, I like the anxiety piece and um, I've gotten way far off of social media um, because I think that this deep thinking piece is also important, right? Once we put those things together, be it the local news or I think the deep thinking piece for me is certainly where I get some of that inspiration. I just want to pick up on that one thing, Joe, like you're saying like he didn't know that I, that I looked her up, but to me, I mean, if, if we want a parent to understand that their kid's important enough, if that parent knew that even that you took the time to look that up, I think that that's a, a, a level of intention that you wouldn't get in other industries. And I often think back to Indian summer with the, the, Uncle Lou trick of looking at the name tag in the back of the shirt. 
um, or which is a trick I'm sure every council, camp counselor or camp director is used at some point when there are just so many faces. Um, but I think that that's a, a level of intentionality you just don't find in other places. Certainly, I think you find it in other people that work with kids and not in young teens, but um, it's uh, something special about what we do that you would take the time to do that. But I think sometimes we, we as an industry are too navel-gazing. We look at only, there's tons of people who only focus on camp and they believe, younger people and older people, but they believe that the only focus is camp right? So I only need to think about camp. I only need to think about camp. And the reality is we're limiting ourselves because looking for what's ahead, what's next, what will make camp continue on for the next 120 years is really the key to to longevity. And, and that's when you asked at the beginning, Travis, this idea of what keeps you um, inspired to do what you do every, you know, all the time. It's really this that I'm looking for what's next. I'm, I have, a, I have a, a very unique situation where I can, as long as I don't mess up, I can, I can try and experiment with those what's next things. And, and hopefully, you know, we as industry professionals and, and the four of us sitting on this podcast are certainly uh, well respected by some. Um, not not respected by others, and that's totally fine. Because one of the things I've learned is if I'm going to try to change things or if I'm always going to be honest with people, some people don't want your honesty. They don't want to know that they suck or that their camp is questionable or um, that them as a person uh, is not someone I would hang out with. Um, but when you're honest with people, it can cause divisions. But moving forward, you really need to focus on outside of ourselves because if we don't see how we're connected to the wireds and to the to the wired articles or the fast company or where where things go we're going to be left behind yep and i think that um you brought up something that i really wanted to, to draw into this today joe so thank you for that when we look at summer camp we're we're pretty cautious industry for all the right reasons but that means that, that there are lots of places where we can learn lessons. Um, you know, those of us who think about the business side of camp and, and some of the strategic stuff know that camp is five to 10 years behind what some other industries are doing. So there's so many opportunities for camps to look outside of, as Joe says, or looking outside of just camp. Um, so many opportunities for leadership when you can look outside and see this is where things are going. Here's a totally different style of leadership that's being developed in this very big company. And, and other people are doing the experiments for us. We have to adopt them and do our own experiments, but the experiments are being done. And um, I think your point's a great one, Joe. We really need to not just, pardon me, not just look at the, at the camp industry, but think um, where are the other places that are growing and develop that touch on pieces of what we do. So Ruby, what specifically now, um, I want to do tools. How do you listen to podcasts? Oh, um, all the time. <laughs> so I do a lot of podcasts in the car. Um, I listen to podcasts, especially in the summer when I'm mowing my grass and uh, just doing tasks around the house. Um, and I float in and out with podcasts. Like there are some that I, I will listen to really faithfully for a couple of months and then kind of drop off and not listen to them for a while. So that's okay. Don't feel like you have to read every chapter, right? Like <laughs> don't, don't get the guilt about, Oh, I haven't listened to this podcast in three months. Like most of them you can pick right up and keep going. Um, and 
a lot of a lot of stuff outside the industry. I mean, I, yes, I dabble in Camp Hacker, and you know, occasionally I go back and listen to Camp Code. But mostly, I'm listening to business podcasts. I know you've probably mentioned the Building a Story Brand podcast because you're the one that brought that to me. I listen to that one pretty faithfully. Um, and then uh, Outside In, which is a, a, a podcast from New Hampshire Public Radio that is just about outside stuff and environmentalism, and um, it's fascinating. It's very well done. Um, and then I love the, like the dirtbag diaries and she explores that just tell stories of people's experiences outdoors. Uh, cause that's so much of what I'm trying to create and taking folks and getting people to come to Western North Carolina and explore and play. Like what makes an experience, what makes something memorable that, that is the economy that we are going into is the experience economy versus like the goods. Um, cause people have what they want but they still don't feel fulfilled. So how do we create those experiences? And I think by hearing other people's stories, um, that's, that's a big thing. And then it's also having friends that are thinkers and readers and are going to be the ones who are going to pick up um, books and things and listen to podcasts that I'm never going to. And I make sure I go out and see them periodically and engage in fantastic conversations and find out what they're reading and what they're thinking about. That always puts more ideas in my heads too, in my head too. Awesome. Um, and very specifically, what app do you use for podcasts? I, I have an iPhone. I don't love it. So I'm using just like the iTunes I, the podcast app that's on there. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, Joe, you're a podcast listener too. What app do you use for podcasts? I use Pocket Cast for my, uh, for my iPhone or for my listening. I have a Pixel 3 XL. Um, like looking at them, the ones I... So on Pocket Cast, it sets which ones I download that I allow to download automatically. The other ones I have to choose. So like 99% Invisible um, by Roman Mars comes in automatically. Radio Lab comes in. Cool Tools comes in. Um, Zigzag is a great podcast, uh, especially for the female listeners out there. Um, it follows Manoush Shemarodi from uh, Note to Self when she moved away from uh, WNYC. The whole first season is about Bitcoin. And if you know zero things about cryptocurrency, it is a great primer to be like, oh, because, yeah. So anyway, anyway, I'm not going to talk about cryptocurrency right now. Um, <laughs> and then uh, recently I've subscribed to a bunch of Enneagram podcasts because I, I attended an Enneagram retreat um, in uh, Niagara Falls a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yeah, I have like the daily by New York Times, but I only download them when I'm interested in the topic they're going to discuss. Uh, and I have keto podcasts because I've been eating keto for over a year now. So um, that is the app I use. And I have that, that app's been on my phone for a while. I used to use a different one. Um, yeah. yeah. I love Pocket Casts too. It might be one you can get on Apple Ruby. I like it because it allows me to pick stuff. So if I just want to listen to the news... Um, in the morning, I just get up and hit play all of the news and I'll just listen to as much of those as I can. I try to pull in some different sources. Uh, and I also like it because it'll, it'll allow me to keep um, only certain numbers of shows from a particular thing. So I have, you know, I don't need the hourly CBC news. I don't need 24 of them before I listen again in the morning. Um, I only need one. So it'll drop out the old ones and replace it with the new ones. And some shows I like to have like two or three of them around just for when I'm in a particular mood for that one. I don't need to, you know, catch up all the way on all those things. So the other part to this is, um, all of those new shows. So be it, uh, a CNN minute or, um, 
fast company or anything that's a short really time span, I actually use the Google assistant for that. And so I would say, Hey, Google, you know, play me the news, um, which is about to happen. Um, and so, and so then it has <laughs> sports center and CBC news and, and, uh, yeah, I'll just mute that. Um, and a BBC there minute is. and fast company. And so that updates Travis. So I get the latest news. If, if I want to listen to it, I, I rarely, I don't go here first, uh, in the mornings though, I should. Cool. Um, it just gives people a couple of podcasts and since we're on the, 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 on the topic, um, I have been listening to planet money. Um, it took me a long time to get into planet money. I know lots of people have been into it for a really long time. I listened to the turnaround by Jesse Thorne, which only comes out really sporadically, but it talks about interview skills and has been fascinating as, as a podcaster and someone who's interested in doing some inter- interviewing stuff. Um, I think you're interesting is a cool one. I like interview shows more and more these days. The Ezra Klein show, I get a lot out of these days. And those are sort of some of the things that I think help stretch me. I'm also into 99% Invisible, uh, Invisibilia, Code Switch, Nancy, um, The Waves podcast, stuff like that, just for some perspective stretching things. Well, and Travis, one of the things is that podcasts allow you a very different view. So there's one called Reveal which is not something and it's just deep dives into topics that I would never like where they're digging behind the scenes. And I'm like, Oh, that's fascinating. Right. Um, do you listen to podcasts at all? I do. I, 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 I like a, a friend's um, suggest podcasts for me and I really enjoy that. Cause then I know it's like a book. Um, I need somebody to say this book, you'll really like it. Um, but wait till page 50 because or else I, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. So, um, uh, I just listened to getting curious, um, with Jonathan from queer eye, but he interviews the specific episode he interviews, uh, Katie Couric and, um, she talks about just her journey, uh, you know, as a reporter, her responsibility, and she talks about empathy, which I find really interesting. And that's where she finds her biggest strength as a reporter is, is to try to understand where somebody's coming from and, um, to help them tell their story. Um, and then it, because of her empathy, she, she feels she's able to also help them see somebody else's, uh, story. So um, I find that's great. Queries great. I also listen to the daily. Um, I do want to know what's going on in the world. I, I am interested in American politics and I find that the daily helps. Um, they do a really good job at showing all the angles and explain things really clearly. And I don't listen to, um, to the news and I don't, I, I really try to curate that in, in a certain way. And then there's a whole bunch of other really cool stuff like no, two top queens, which I'm listening to right now. Two Dope Queens, um, which I think they're uh, hilarious comedians, but they're very kind to each other as well. So it's a, yeah, podcasts are, it, it, it's just an, another way of, of exposing yourself to, to different stories, to how people do things differently. And, um, and of course, in the back of your mind, you can't help but think, oh, I listened to also Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn because uh, I am also bad with money. Um, but it can't help you... Uh, think about how can you apply this? Can you apply this at camp? Can you apply this to your own life? Um, do you want, do you want staff members to listen to these podcasts? Um, do you know, what are, what are staff listening to? So I, I, 
I do enjoy uh, podcasts. It's a great way to help you clean your house as well. Have that in the background. Yes, indeed. Such a nice passive way to get some insight in the world or some news of the world when you're doing other things. Um, I also tend to have my headphones on all day long so that when I move from my desk to upstairs, I'll listen to a podcast for that couple of minutes. I just get that stuff in um, as much as possible. It's a medium I enjoy terribly. Travis, do you put audiobooks into that same? Would you consider audiobooks in that same category as podcasts? I would. I would. And I want to talk about audiobooks in just a second. Gab, what, what app do you use for podcasts? Is it the Apple one? Yeah, straight up uh, podcast on Apple. But I want to change because I feel like it's it doesn't curate it the way I want to. And it goes backwards instead of forwards. Um, so when you're done a show, it'll go to the previous show and still instead of the next show. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I find it annoying. So, <laughs> Gab, do you ever listen to books? All the time. I love Audible and... Um, it's the, I say that's how I read. That's my, that's my only way of, of reading. I do buy books and I, and I find it interesting that I still buy books because I don't read books. I, I, I think I'm romantic about books. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have this book. I'm going to, you know, in bed, curl up and read this book. And that just never happens. So I do listen to, um, to audible and, um, I'm trying to think of all the books. I'm list- the books that I'm listening to right now, but there's one, uh, Oh, uh, mating within captivity. Um, Esther, mm-hmm, can't remember her last name. Perel. Yes, Esther Perel. So there's podcasts with Esther Perel. Um, she's a well-known uh, couples therapist, um, and it's it's really about relationships. And uh, I'm currently not in a relationship, and so what I'm saying is that it applies in the sense of understanding how people, their perspective, and how complex we all are, and and um, trying to understand each other. And she does a brilliant job of facilitating conversation. And as an individual, she has quite an interesting um, past life and why she chooses to help people with love. And her partner, actually, he's a, he's a um, psychiatrist and he deals with people of, uh, that live with trauma. And so she says that he deals with pain and she deals with pleasure, but it's a, she's a phenomenal lady and uh, I'm loving what she has to say right now. That's sort of my top pick at the moment. Great. Thank you so much. Um, Joe, you want to talk about audiobooks? Yeah, I was just wondering because um, I, I use Audible as well, but um, I've also started using Libby, which is in uh, uh, my local library's online system. So you can get digital books to read like a Kindle um, on the Libby app. And then um, my uh, Matt uh, Iskis, our, our producer, recommended um, – boys adrift and i was like man i could get that on audible or i could see if libby has it as an audiobook and sure enough they do right so um it was great i love listening to um to a variety of books as i as i drive or as i do like woodworking is great because as long as i can focus because saws are dangerous. Um, as long as I can focus, I love listening to podcasts or books when I'm, when I'm doing that. The one, um, thing I, I've done a deep dive into almost all of Neil Gaiman's audiobooks because he reads his own audiobooks, which is fascinating to hear him. He's so great at it. And he also has a nonfiction book of essays and talks that he's given at graduations. And it is 
amazing to read how, uh, amazing to listen to and read how he equates the lack of reading nonfiction to problems in our education system, right? The idea that we're, we're taking too much from a, a just need to know. And Boys Adrift, which I just started yesterday, is, is, goes over the same thing. The fact that we're putting too much emphasis on knowledge instead of on experiential, like actually doing stuff. So I love audiobooks. Audible and Libby are, are the ones I use. Very cool. How about you, Ruby? I'm going to be the odd one out. I do not listen to audiobooks. I I just do not connect with me. And as we've been talking, I'm I'm curious. Did y'all read as a child? It was like that's something you enjoyed. Like, would you opt to go pick up a book and curl up and read for hours? For sure, Four hours. Lord of the I, Rings done all three books in less than three days. Yeah, I think. I think if reading yeah. three was easier, that's insane. That is, that insane. is insane. I had Are you mono. Kidding? So I had nothing else to do. do <laughs> like I had zero other things to do. Aren't you sleepy during mono? <laughs> not like on day, not like on like day six, right? Like you've, yeah. you've slept for 20 hours a day and then you're like, I can't get up and do anything. And there's no internet to keep you entertained. And it's all daytime talk show TV in the, in the nineties. Yeah. So Gab, you were saying? Oh, I was saying, oh, I, I am. I, it's just because of my learning difference that I can't, I can't read. I can't absorb uh, the information that way. So I, I will read the same paragraph over and over and over again. And when I was a kid, I did read. I tried to, of course, try to read some philosoph- uh, philosophy books, which I really, that I took from the library that wasn't checked out since 1970-something. Um, and I loved it. But it's, for me, it's like a portal to the information I never had as a kid, basically. But if I could read like that, I would, definitely. Okay, so great. The theory I had is totally debunked, which was, I, I was like, well, maybe I, it's, for me, I love curling up with a book. And I remember when I was a senior in college and I had a lighter course load. And so I was finally able to read for pleasure again. And it was like, oh, this is amazing. So I think that's a piece of it. Like, I really love the, the physical picking up the book, reading through it, curling up in a corner, you know, sitting in a place and doing it. Um, and, and, um, and, I, yeah, I just, I love that. (laughs) So I think that that's what I enjoy and I get pleasure out of that process. And so that's why I've connected more to reading. And I've I've read on Kindles too, and I've found that I can have a pretty similar experience. So, and I love, I forget that libraries exist periodically. Mm -hmm. So don't forget your library because they do. And and they are, I feel like keeping up with the digital revolution and and staying relevant that way, which is great. Well, that's another inspiration is libraries. Uh, How are they, how are they staying uh, relevant? And they are, I I know in, in Quebec, there's been a lot of money going to our libraries and the innovation that has happened within libraries and an architectural sense in a learning sense and creating space for businesses to meet, um, it's, it's, it's quite impressive. Um, and, and, they're, and to stay relevant, you can, I can feel when I go into the library, this is something that our communities still need. And I think that back to the reading aspect, and maybe this is more for, um, Travis and, um, Joe, but I, I feel, I love, it's just going to sound weird, but I love being around people that are actually physically reading. So if you're reading in a chair, Ruby, I would just want to just sort of sit close (laughs) because I feel the energy shifts in a person when they read. Um, and I would just, I would love to, I like to just paint during that time or just, it it helps me keep calm. Whereas if I'm listening to an audio audio, uh, book or a podcast, the energy feels different to me. 
Um, but I don't know if Travis or Joe, if that's something that changes for you, you if you feel you're in the same mindset when you're listening to when you're actually reading. Well, for me, audiobooks, I have a hard time reading business books or, or learning through audiobooks, not because I don't enjoy the medium or not because it doesn't catch for me, but sometimes I just don't find it relaxing. Like, and I feel like I need to be taking notes, whereas if I was reading a business book, I could be scribbling in it. And Books are not holy to me. Um, I, I dogger them, I scribble on them, like that makes them useful to me going forward. So I can't... Um, I, I have a hard time doing that. And there's certain podcasts that I've had to just give up because they're too useful, that they're more stress inducing than they are mm-hmm. giving me, you know, slow knowledge that I can ponder. And, it, and story brand is one of those podcasts. I have to come out in pieces because I need to be at a spot where I can take notes or really think through the thing. It's not a casual cut the grass and listen to seven story brands because each one of them, I'm like, I'm oh, so many good ideas. I want to take note of those. So, I do get that same relaxation uh, listening to novels. Um, it can put me into that same kind of zone quite quite easily and make other things that are not relaxing, relaxing. So I, I think I, hmm. I some of that. So I think yeah, that um, audiobooks recently have turned into short story audiobooks because hmm. there are much less... Um, so Neil Gaiman has a whole bunch of collections of short stories that are great. Um, and his stuff is easy to follow, even if it's not a short story, like Ursula K. Le Guin on audio is awesome Mm. to listen to as well. Um, so I have no issues and I do feel like if I can do woodworking while I'm doing that, both of those things relax me. Mm. Um, except for the anxiety producing of a, of a table saw blade, um, um, (laughs) 10 fingers, people. Um, can't wait until the time I come and I'm like, I only have nine. No, and uh, um, I think that uh, there is a portion. So I do try to start my day a couple of times a week with sitting and reading a physical thing, be it a book or be it on my phone or on my Kindle, but literally sitting with a cup of tea on the couch with nothing else on because that does give you a different sense. My wife, uh, Jen does it all the time. She reads, um, m- what I call mindless books, but that is her thing, but she can also burn through a book in, you know, like five hours and just be done, done books. And, and she will sit for hours and just get absorbed in, in that. And it is when she's reading you, you want to be quiet right? Like you, it does change the, 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 the effect in the house. Cause our kids are more quiet and I'm like, I don't want to disturb her because she looks happy. And, and if she's happy, then I'm, I'm happy. It's Valentine's day, everybody. So yes. that's a good thing. Happy Valentine's. <laughs> so we've touched on some of these things. Actually, I'm going to come to that later. Um, the, what are some of the, the campy things that, I mean, Ruby touched on this, some of the podcasts you listen to that are outdoorsy, but I'm curious if people know camp inspiration, where they look at, what they do to sustain themselves or be inspired to do more. What are the, the things? Uh, I'll let you folks think about it while I talk about um, mine. And this works differently. Some accreditation programs work differently, but in Ontario, the accreditation visits are done by volunteer directors who go to another camp and look through all the stuff. So you always have this opportunity to go to another camp when camp is going. 
and see it. And we always used to make a point of trying, you know, asking if we could bring a senior staff member with us because we want them to have a different perspective. And certainly if there's someone that we thought had a future in the industry or had expressed a future in the industry, we wanted to expose them to more camps. Uh, that for me was always a big inspiration, like some people solving the same problems that we're struggling with, it just like, boom, they have a solution. That is awesome. A great part of my job now is getting to go to camps to do photography for them and or going to be a sort of staff and program evaluator and outside pair of eyes. That has been um, really had such a huge impact on how I think about the world of camp and how I think about the possibilities when I see so many different solutions which is why Campro has started because it's like there are so many people doing so many solutions and we need to be sharing this more. People are eager to be sharing and eager to be absorbing some of these things. So that's why um, that's important. So I would say summer camp professionals on Facebook, it is a fire hose of information. I get that, but um, that's valuable if you're good at searching and um and going to visit camps. Those are my two big camp inspiration moments, the two things that I am consistently doing because it matters so much to how I grow as a camp professional. Uh, are there other camp inspirations uh, for you, Ruby? Um, yeah, I mean, I would second the visitor piece. I think once you become a camp director, you should become an accreditation visitor, just 100% whether your camp is, is accredited or not. Um, and and now I actually teach the classes that have people become visitors and, and learn about the program. And you just get exposed to so many different ideas. I think one of the strategies I've been using lately is really trying to dig into camps that are drastically different from the programs that I ever worked in um, and are working with. And um, so like lately I've taken a real interest in urban and um, just like non-traditional model camps. And yeah. part of that is having conversations with folks who've been in my classes who are like, well, my camp isn't really like anybody else's. And I'm like, no, no, actually there's a whole community of people who say that to me. Let's get you guys together so you can talk. Um, because what is needed to train a child who is entering this world? Like, yeah, they need to know how to, um, to navigate public transit and they need to know how to visit a museum. And I think that skill is equally as valuable as how to start a fire or put up a tent. And so how cool that we have folks that have figured that out and are doing that. Um, so I, I think taking opportunities to not only look at camps that are similar to yours, doing similar programming in the same area, but taking time to look at camps that are very, very different. Um, maybe even some camps that you're like, I don't know if that's a camp. Like, do they get to call themselves a camp? I, I think you need to go check into that because they're probably doing something really well that you haven't thought of, you aren't doing, and maybe even closing yourself off to certain populations because you're not in tune with what they're doing. Perfect. Thank you. How about you, Gab? I was going to say, I love what you said, Ruby, about, um, about uh, kids taking the, the metro or the subway, um, public transportation, um, you know, lose, using those skills, learning those skills at, at camp. And I think that um, we limit ourselves to a typical type of um, visual when we look, when we think about camp skills. And I think for people that aren't from the camp community, it's difficult for them to visualize why would canoeing be something that is useful for my kid. And, um, and if we can just get our heads out of what we think camp can do and just, just, just boil it down to the essence of we're providing skills for young people and we're teaching them to use those skills in an ethical way. If we just pare that down to something like that, that's what's, that's what we do at camp. And, um, 
And so for, for me, it, within the camp industry, it's, it is just uh, talking to people that, that are passionate about camp, that they're passionate about that essence. And um, I try to make time in my schedule to, to meet with them. So, you know, I had dinner with a friend last night uh, who was also a camp director. And our goal isn't to speak about camp. Our goal is to check in with each other and have a nice dinner. Inevitably, we do end up talking about camp. But it's a it's sort of a, a cone of silence, um, a, a safety bubble, if you will, of talking about, so awesome. you know, how do you feel? You know, we our camp lost um, 14 staff last year that quit throughout the summer. So that's a whole other podcast. And she asked me about um, how how was I doing with that? Am I nervous about going into the summer? And I totally forgot about that that we lost those 14 um, staff members. And she laughed and she was like, you know, she's like, I think camp's like childbirth. Like you just don't remember the horrible and you, it's what allows you to keep going forward. <laughs> and just having somebody understand that and, um, and understand how tough that might've been as much and so much so that I blocked it out um, and ask me about how, you know, what am I doing to prepare for this summer and her sharing her story about when she lost a bunch of staff and how did that happen and what did that do to her um, is so helpful. Um, and it's not just somebody to lean on, but it is inspiring. It's, it's exciting to hear how she deals with things. I, th- I think vice versa. And just Ruby, what you said inspired me. I was like, yes, let's, let's think outside the box, but it, it's, it's just having these exchanges and making time to have these exchanges. And, and a, a resource that I am only like just getting into the world of is the international camping fellowship, like the ICF and my trip to Mongolia to see like, Oh, these are kids who are being raised outdoors. So when they come to camp, they want to be in dorms, you know, like that is an escape. That's, that is where you create these different experiences for them was a total mind shift adjustment for me. So um, that's a resource that, you know, truthfully, and I'll say as an American, like I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. International camping that's over there. Like, I I think we've, we've got what we need. And then just dabbling my toe in it. My eyes have been opened to so many different ideas and, and methods. And yet this really cool thing where you're like, Oh my gosh, we're all doing the same thing everywhere. So cool. Uh, 100% the ICF is a, is a great form of information and inspiration and um, talk about a group of people that have a common goal, but do it differently and what we can use and how we can adapt that within our own organizations is, I mean, just a quick example, just in Venezuela, a camp director approached a large company um, and offered that company uh, as a bonus to their staff members um, their kids to go to summer camp for X amount of weeks during the summer and um, as a business plan. And it was so popular that he, he couldn't fill all his spots were all filled. So he had to get neighboring camps to do the same things. And for these companies, this was very useful because, you know, at, you know, like us, what do, what do kids do during the summer? And this is helpful for parents to have know that their kids are going to a place where they're growing and learning. And that, that model just blew my mind. I you know, just heard him talk about it over dinner saying, this is what we've done and this is how we've done it. And this is how we grew. And, and he was helping the community out. It was absolutely beautiful. And I was, I was, I thought, wow, we really have a lot to learn from, from each other. What do you think, Joseph? I think that, um, what you said about uh, 
camp visits for for your association are are great, and that was a real starting point for me. Um, this podcast has been an eye opener. When we first started, uh, which seems like a long, long time ago, we had some guests that really opened up this idea. Nine that, years ago, Joe. Nine <laughs> years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so we've been through. We've basically been through ten summers together as a team. <laughs> Oh, so um, happy Valentine's Day. Yes. And so um, uh, one of the things I've done uh, with my education funds is I have uh, toured camps. Um, I don't just go and visit them. Um, uh, Ruby was great enough. Uh, was that four, three years ago, four years ago, maybe she she actually has the, uh, she would have the itinerary on her computer (laughs) as well. Um, but we, myself and, and Ica went down to, uh, North Carolina and, and toured some North Carolina and South Carolina camps. Um, and the year before that we'd been at Ferncliff with, uh, with David, um, and toured camps in Arkansas. Um, and part of this started with the idea that I went to Australia on my sabbatical in 2013 and did 15 different outdoor ed slash summer camps across Australia. Uh, and, and it really is so much better for me to do that than sit at a conference and listen to people talk. Um, because it, it's eye-opening and it forces connections to me. And that keeps me motivated to see somebody else doing something. You're like, uh, is that site-specific or can I do that? Um, or how can I bring this back? Um, and, and sometimes it's small things. Last night, we were at the, the London Camp Fair here in Ontario, um, which was very uh, sparsely attended due to weather, but uh, great people came through. Um, and the one camp, Circle R, was talking about uh, building a, a beach volleyball court. And I said, hey, Camp Henry in, in Point Peely Provincial Park has a great, um, they put four by fours in, in big O pipe to delineate where the sand is versus where the grass is. And I was like, that's uh, brilliant. And so it's those small things. And I had a picture on my phone and, um, so those visits and, and actually making it, um, doing your own sort of, um, your own sort of support group. So this afternoon I have a phone call with a couple of other gentlemen who, um, are camp people, uh, or were recently camp people. And, um, just to talk about where we're at and, and because that stress, um, it, it can affect you. Camp sneaks up on me every year, right? I've been doing this for how many years? And like June comes around and you're like, what the, like, how did this happen again? Like I thought that I had made notes last year to say I should do all of these things in December. Um, but I think seeing other people going to camp conferences um, and, and networking. So in Ontario, the Society of Camp Directors is part of this as well, right? That I don't need to drive two and a half hours to Toronto two times a year, but I get to see people that I wouldn't normally get to see. And I get to chat with people and, and talk about, uh, um, talk about things that they understand that a lot of people don't understand, uh, who aren't in our business. Excellent. Thank you. So my final topic on this, my final question on this is what is the thing you do for fun when you need to put camp out of your brain? Joe? Sometimes I play with explosive things or light big fires. Um, things that cause you to think. So I own seven potato cannons. 
um, because you can never get the design of a potato cannon quite right. And I have different barrels for my potato cannons so that I can fire things like um, bottles of liquid. Um, full bottles of liquid can go a full three, 400 feet if you, uh, and then there's compressed air cannons versus lighting cannons. Um, I do that for fun. Um, I do like some simple things like going to the movies by myself uh, is something. And when I first watched Mad Men many years ago and realized that Don Draper, that's one of the things he did was go to the movies by himself. I was like, oh, so yeah, it's just for me, I'd been doing it for years before that. For me, it's a way to let things, nobody can contact me. My phone is off. And, but my mind can still work through things in story. And this is, once again, the power of fiction over just nonfiction. Um, what else do I do for fun? Uh, yeah. That's good. Those are some great ideas for yeah. people. How about for you, Ruby? Um, I'm trying not to be so cliche, but I go outside, uh, do various things. Uh, geocaching is one of them. And nice. yeah, yeah. something I used to do a ton of, and then I've, I kind of... I moved to Western North Carolina where there's so many other things to do that it kind of fell out of that habit. But then recently went out again and was like, oh, this is so fun. I love this. So that's definitely something I do. Joe, you said go out to movies like, yeah, take myself on dates. It's great. <laughs> like I get to do what I want, choose what I want. It's awesome. Um, just like watching YouTube videos to help me do house projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. It, it takes a lot of focus for me. I am not as crafty and handy minded as other folks on this podcast might be. So it takes a lot of work. <laughs> it, it's so funny. I, I mean, a lot of people use YouTube for lots of things. And uh, I think YouTube is actually one of my big inspirations that I didn't think to mention just people who are very creative and, and thoughtful and great at teaching. So passionate about teaching on YouTube. I was at the car dealership today to get a, a funny little part that's fiddly to put on. It's just a rear wiper blade on, um, on a Toyota car. And they're like, you know, you bring it in, you can, I'll do it for you. It's like, it in my head. I was like, isn't that what YouTube's for? Like I can do this. I just have to watch YouTube. <laughs> and that's a lot of my life. It's like, I, I know the answer to this is on YouTube somewhere. Um, so I would say that my, my things I do always involves building or creating. That's my biggest release. Um, I draw just I, is it something I made myself do. I draw a portrait for my wife every year in the holidays. She has a little book that I gave her when we first got married. And that's a creative outlet that I love, but I have to force myself to do it. I know that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good drawer, but portraits are the hard part. So I made myself do that because it's stretchy for me. Um, but I love building stuff. You know, it's fun when I'm at conferences and I have my wooden name tag that I made on a scroll saw. People are like, hey, that name tag is so cool. And then they just, they're always so surprised that I designed it and made it. And I think, it, you know, as a camp director, you have to find time for hobbies like that. And I, I didn't take as much time for that when I was a camp director. I had other little hobbies that I could fit in, but that's fun to make things Lego things and, and wooden things like that. Those are places that give me energy and, and help me uh, um, just build up myself to take on other big, hard tasks. Yeah, Travis, and I would like to give a shout out to, like Mark Cooper was a big inspiration for me because um, Mark Cooper has been on the podcast, does art. And, um, and then I started playing with, uh, recently 
in the past couple of years, I've moved to starting to play with some art stuff. I don't see the piece in, in the background of Gab's, but I know she owns a, a piece of original. It's, it's in my cabin, hanging up <laughs> above the fireplace. <laughs> Just so that if it burns, it's going to burn well. But like it this will. idea that you, this idea that you are just doing something for no, there's no real outcome, right? You're not making something to sell. You're just making, I just playing with, with, with art, right? And that, that's the, that is a different thing altogether. Just relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Gab, what are your, what are your go-tos for shutting off, building yourself up, stretching yourself? I like what Joe said. I think, not having an end result in mind is what's really nice. And I think that I'm very, very, and a lot of us are very end result driven. How is, how is this going to affect this? How am I going to deal with that? And um, taking a break from no end result is really helpful. So I also like doing, um, I like using uh, water paints because they're so forgiving because they're kind of, they're messy. Um, I, I like going to museums. I do like going to, uh, you know, to movies, but I think it's, it's maybe just having that space and that time and saying, what do I feel like doing right now? And that's something that I'm training myself to do is not, this is what I should do. Um, I should go to the museum or I should, it's more like, here's my space and what do I feel like? Um, and then of course that also applies to carving out longer periods of time to take a vacation. And if you own your own yes, business, yes, yes, yes. you can always, just keep working and working and working. And, um, and I had, I, uh, I had a weekend, a work weekend this weekend. And one of my staff members, who's an engineer, um, she's, she was quote unquote took vacation. And the amount of times her phone started, her work phone just kept blowing up and her just basically turning it off. And she told me about her boss who went on a cruise vacation with her, with their family and how he was on the phone the, the entire time and how she found that so depressing. I, I try not to do that, but I'm not great at it. And so it really put in my, in my mind, right. I also want to make sure that when I take time, it's really, as Joe says, when you go to the movies, your phone is off. When you go on vacation, everything is notified and saying you're off. And so that you can just focus on what you feel like at that moment. Um, it's basically, that's my goal to take time to myself. And I think also for this group, this, what you said inspired that Gab is travel, 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 travel is so um, fulfilling. It's challenging. It's, you feel like you've accomplished so much. You feel like you have so much new perspective. Uh, that is such an energy building thing for me. I, I certainly love a day here and there to just watch Netflix all day. But um, the, the things that I find most inspiring and recharging are those moments of getting out in the world and seeing new things and, and learning. We've all said over and over again, we get energy from learning. Um, and I think that's a, a cool perspective to have as a camp leader. You have to keep learning to keep relevant. And if you can enjoy it, then that makes it a lot better. And I think in this mm -hmm. modern world, if you can't find a way to enjoy learning, you're just not trying hard enough. Like you're not, there's so many different options. I don't mean that as a cuss. I just mean there are just different ways to learn now that, that weren't available just 10 years ago that um, so many cool things to do. And I think it's ask, if, you, if you're not interested in learning, it's asking yourself, why is that? Because if, if that's the case, then chances are you're not you're having a difficult in your job as well because to, to keep up, especially in our um, domain with, with, uh, with campers and staff members, 
their their cultural um, environment is always shifting and we have to, you know, we have to keep up with that. But I think there's something much deeper when it comes to, um, when it comes to hobbies and it comes to taking time to yourself. I think a lot of camp individuals, some camp people live at camp. Um, they have their family at camp. And so your identity can be linked to that. And so how do you, how do you separate yourself? You're not this job. You're not this camp. Uh, you will be, you will, you'll be okay if you have to leave this organization. Um, so who are you and how do you honor yourself? Um, how do you take time to yourself and how do you separate yourself from the job? Because it is a job. It's not a relationship. It's not part of who you are. It's something that you care about, um, but that can shift. So, so having these other aspects helps you think about your job and think about if this, this is this right for you? Is this, Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I realized, Gab, is when I I lived on site, I moved here in 2005, and we didn't have anywhere else to go for years. And we bought a house um, uh, down on by Rondo Provincial Park on Lake Erie. And let me tell you, when you go to the lake, you like when you go somewhere away from camp, you can shut your mind off. But it also allows your yourself to. Um, to think more about what you do and why you do it. I know that Travis has received a uh, video, like minutes from the lake, me sitting on a beach thinking about summer camp. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just one of those things where it's a different environment. And if you never remove yourself from it, both physically and mentally, right? If all you think about is camp and you think that I'm going to be more productive and do camp better, then you're not allowing yourself that freedom to develop something else that would, would make you a better camp person. Awesome. Well, thank you all. I really appreciate this discussion. Uh, and for those of you listening or watching on YouTube, we would encourage you to check out some of these things. Um, most important, and, and uh, we're going to give Matt a big assignment with this particular podcast edit and show notes, go to campacro.tv slash podcast and look this up. This is episode 112. And you will see links to all of these things that we've been talking about. Thank you, Matt, for putting in that extra time to pull that together. Um, but there are other, I was thinking back through the podcast we've done in our nine years of doing Camp Hacker, we've done three or four different shows on sustainability in the industry. So I would encourage you to look back through those and find the ones if, if you're struggling, there are other, um, inspirations and ideas that, that we've had co-host show that I'm, I'm really thrilled that exist in Camp Hacker land. So go check out those as well. So thank you to the three of you for sharing those great things. Now I'll move us on to our tool of the week. Tool of the week. So if you happen to catch this as the first time, uh, as you're, if you're a first time Camp Hacker listener, uh, our tool of the week is something that we ask our, our co-host to bring to this that makes them a better camp director. I feel like we've done a whole episode, not on tools, but on things that make you a better camp director. Um, so this uh, a few more little specifics in that. So um, um, Ruby, I'd like to start with you. What's your tool of the week this week? 
Sure. So I do a lot of facilitation now and, and speaking with groups large and small. And I actually got this tool from a facilitator that came and worked with us at Green River. And I was like, this is brilliant. And it's just simply a yoga chime. You can find them on Amazon for, you know, 30 bucks or less. And it's essentially like a, a little wood block that has three different chimes on it. You know, think like a glockenspiel or xylophone, right? It comes with a little wooden mallet and it's a nice high pitch, but pleasant sound that if you, you know, front load with everybody, Hey, when you hear this sound, stop talking, turn your attention up this way. Uh, it's one more way to grab attention without having to raise your hand or do a call and response. Um, and easy comes with a little pouch that I just throw in my bag and it's just a really easy tool to, to utilize with groups. Very cool. Thank you, Ruby. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe, what's your tool? My tool is the uh, the time timer. I'm just going to show everyone who's watching. So the time timer is a, a time um, clock that counts down time. So I use it especially in doing trainings with groups. And so when I say you have five minutes to do this, this is a 12-inch time timer you're seeing on the screen. They sell them in smaller sizes. I literally move the red to five minutes, and then it counts down. So at the end of five minutes, three beeps go off, and then you you go on. Because we often, as facilitators, say you have five minutes and then it ends up being 10 minutes um, or, 50. And, or 50 minutes. And so the time timers here, um, you can buy them on Amazon. There's a wide variety of them. Um, I This is the one that I have. I have a set of three of these, a 12, a, an 8-inch, and a, and a 3-inch. We I actually use them um, on my – we, both myself and Iskis, have them on our desks so that if we're doing a Pomodoro – I don't hear the tick, tick, tick of a, of a kitchen timer. Instead, this just slowly goes away and then beeps at me at the end. And this is a travel version, like reminds me of those old travel alarm clocks that just fold up and, uh, and go from there. So the time timer is my tool as both a facilitator and to keep me focused. Um, because you might have picked up in this podcast, I have <laughs> an inability to focus. Thank you for your <laughs> giggle, Gab. Thank you, Jill. Uh, Gab, what's your tool? My tool is, uh, it's called the noun project and it's, uh, their, their slogan is icons for everything. And they have almost 2 million, 2 million curated icons, really clean, nicely done icons. It's free. Um, of course you can pay for it if you want to, um, use it in print material. But, um, often I get from, uh, from people asking me, you know, where, how did I, um, create my presentations for, uh, you know, for when I'm a speaker on my, on keynote and et cetera. And a lot of times I use, um, the noun project. So if you're trying to spice up a brochure or look a little bit more pro professional on Instagram, um, I use, uh, I use this program cause the noun project, cause they're great. Um, have some really great material there. And cool stuff to add into your staff training presentations to spice them up to use some images and creative ways there instead of just being super text heavy um, presentations for staff training. That's right. Really, really clean and easy um, images. And a lot of times when I'm when I'm creating my own presentations um, and I'm looking for images, it's what helps me keep my uh, thoughts organized because you don't want to bombard people with a lot of text. So how can you find images that represent that uh, helps me keep my message also succinct, which is, which is good for my staff. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Gab. My tool is the wise camera camera, uh, W Y Z E W Y Z E. 
it is a home security camera. There are interior cameras that have some outdoor solutions. Um, it could maybe use, be used for live streaming if you wanted to have like, uh, here's the the. Uh, you know, here's the bus circle in the campfire or the the flag at our camp and in winter. Um, but it also solved this problem that I tried so hard to solve in, in the Internet's infancy that I could finally solve today. Um, I wanted at camp for days when there's no one on site. I wanted there to be a motion sensor that would email me a picture of the license plate of every vehicle that drove on site in case something happened, I'd have this record and I could never pull it together in an inexpensive way that we could afford. Um, and so uh, this wise camera starts at 25 bucks American. Um, they have this pen zoom one that'll turn around. It'll look up and down. That is, is 35 bucks American. Um, and, um, so super cheap way. You don't have to pay a monthly service for them to store the video. You can put a card in there and it'll store days of video. You can set it to just record when it detects motion or when it just detects a sound. It'll, if you're away, it will, um, email you when your smoke alarms go off or your CO alarms go off in your house. Um, for that price is just stunned at the quality of it and how great it is. Um, Beth and I have been playing around with in the 24 hours I had one installed in our front window just to look at our door um, and playing around with looking at all the funny things that it catches, including last night in the middle of the night, a spider went right in front of the lens. It looked like a spider the size of a city. But in the middle of the night, this spider just fell down in front of the lens. And it was so close to the lens, it covered the whole thing. It was like, whoa, holy cow, look at that. So I'm sure it's just a tiny, tiny little spider. But, um, but, so many possibilities. So cool. Live streaming is one thing. I'm I'm uncomfortable with live streaming when there's kids in there, but I love the idea of live streaming when um, when there's not kids there, or you want to be able to check in on a view from camp if you can't get there for a few days. It would be a great tool. And one of those things that at that price, you, you just have an app and you just pick a different camera and you can see the live view. And um, at that price point, you could just you know buy six of them and put them in places. You have to have internet access. It has to be accessible to Wi-Fi, but um, what a, a cool opportunity to, to hack together your own security system or give some different perspectives on camp throughout the year because everybody loves, everybody's always so surprised to see camp without the leaves on or camps, you know, when paint, buildings are being painted, stuff like that. It's a fun opportunity. This so is about cool. to be dog cam for me when I... <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's it's that's a, its original intent is sort of like a kid cam or a dog cam. And on the site, they have... Um, a series of videos of dogs behaving badly, taken nice. caught on the cameras um, <laughs> and cats too. Nice. But um, and a surprising number of pictures of black bears, videos of black bears, um, and uh, the mischief they get into. I so see if I had this security system set up at camp like I wanted, I could have had a picture of the black bear that tore the whole um, the whole utility room off the front of my house to get to the garbage when I had been away for ten days. And it, it pulled off a whole wall and, and uh, pulled all the garbage out. I would How awesome would it be to have that picture of that nuisance bear? Is that how you convinced Beth? Saying, Beth, if we would have had this, we could have had this footage. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that this, this, um, this camera falls below the purchase threshold. Ah. You have to have a conversation with Beth about <laughs> Like, that threshold's not particularly high in our family. No. <laughs> Deservedly so. I'm, I will spend every day of the week, I'll buy new tools. But mm -hmm. um, 
if this falls below that threshold. So she <laughs> I, yesterday, getting ready for designing staff training, and she's like, what are you giggling about? I was like, look at this thing on my phone. <laughs> she's like, that's the front window. I know. <laughs> So if you have a, uh, a boss or um, a board who sets a spending threshold beyond which you have to have permission, then, you know. You yeah, can. that threshold is $5,000, so. <laughs> right, but you have earned that threshold, too. So. You've earned it, yeah. I'm buying a lot of cameras. Just put them all up. <laughs> We're going to do, like, slow-mo shots like The Matrix set yeah, up yeah. with Waze cameras. Yeah. Right. So cool. Yeah. We're going so, to become a production studio. There you go. You just have a whole bank of um, all the images. Yeah. That's fun. Anyway, well, I thank you all. It's been a great discussion. We've got a bit longer than I anticipated today. So thank you all for sticking around uh, on this Thursday morning. If people want to get in touch with you, Joe, how can they um, follow up with you? They can follow up with me in two ways. They can see camp and everything we do here at Pierce Williams at campisbetter.com. Life is good. Camp is better. And they can find me the best way is through uh the website yoyojoe.com i uh i have some social media stuff but i uh have uh been off it for a while so just yoyojoe.com and you can get contact stuff there thanks for sharing today joe uh, Gab, how can people follow up with you if they have questions? Uh, well, you can check out where I work at waro.com, which is O-U-A-R-E-A-U. You can also follow me on Instagram, Gabrielle Rail, Rail with two L's, um, and Gab's J-B-Z at waro.com if you want to shoot me a little message. Thanks so much, Gab. It's great to talk to you today. Ruby? You can email me, ruby at rubyoutdoors.com. My website is also rubyoutdoors.com and check out what I do and how I can help you. Um, and f- you can follow me on Twitter, rubylen85, or on Instagram, uh, rubyoutdoors, and stay tuned for a live stream of my dog, Murphy, because that's uh, <laughs> 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 love it. You wait. I love it. That is great. Well, I, uh, I'm thankful to all of you for being here and uh, for all your contributions contributions in general to the camp community. All three of you make such great contributions. It's uh, the industry deserves many to give you many thanks. So uh, I'll pass on mine on behalf of the industry. Uh, I want to say also that um, if you're a, a subscriber to the podcast, you can download the podcast for free on your phone. Just use one of the apps that we talked about today and just set it up to automatically download. We know that we're not super regular. We're trying to be a bit more regular this spring. Um, but that way the episodes just show up for you and get a magic surprise from the Camp Hacker crew. Um, I want to acknowledge Oliver and Matt who've been doing the first class counselor insert into the, the Camp Hacker feed. And we intend to do a few more of those this year. And they're all built to be so that you can just say, give the link to your counselors and say, before you arrive, please listen to this. And um, there's going to be in a variety of topics, but all focused on how to help them be better counselors. So if you want that free resource, just send them the links to the First Class Counselors. They are at the same place that the Camp Hacker podcast is. So go to camphacker.tv slash podcast, and you'll see the First Class Counselors mixed into this feed. Uh, and we've done that very intentionally on purpose. So thanks to Matt and Oliver for their work on that. Um, and if camp directors have other lessons that they want us to get across to their counselors before they arrive for the summer, please email me, Travis at gocamp.pro. And uh, I'll pass that on to Matt and Oliver um, as they are working on future shows as well. 
I would like to say thank you to Matt for being our, our editor and uh, producer. He does a ton of work to get the show together and um, we're super grateful. This episode in particular is going to be a lot of work for Matt. So thanks, Matt. I also want to say, hey, Rebecca. Rebecca is our newest um, patron, um, patron. And so her support and many others pay for Matt to do the work that he does. So if you're getting good stuff out of the show, then I would urge you to go check out um, Camp Hacker on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And uh, even a, a dollar a month makes a big difference if we get enough people to do that to, to help us cover Matt's work. And we're also working on a project to get all of our past episodes transposed. Not transposed. That's changing the key. Um, <laughs> getting them all. Um, <laughs> and I'm Just do the whole thing. be interesting. We're going to put them all Welcome in. To Welcome to Camp Hacker. My name's Joe. Welcome to Camp Hacker. My name's Joe. Welcome to Camp Hacker. My name's Joe. Transcribed. We're getting all of our podcasts transcribed. It's an ongoing project, um, but that also comes out of our patron, our patrons as well. So, Rebecca. Thank you. You're awesome. We're grateful that you're supporting Camp Hacker. And, uh, and that's great. Thank you all for being um, amazing camp people and being the kind of camp mavericks who work hard on their personal development, work hard on their professional development. And uh, we appreciate you. We're heading into a lot of camp uh, conferences coming up soon. We hope that you'll all come by and say hello. Uh, if you tell us that you're a Camp Hacker listener, I will have a sticker for you, guaranteed. Um, and uh, all of us really enjoy the feedback that we get from conferences, so I'd encourage you to do that as well. All right. Thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus. Hey, Camp Pros, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, summer camp professionals group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more camp pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.